Hi, my name is Margaret, and you have ventured your way into the beautiful Collision Podcast. I believe when the good and amazing, great parts of your life collide with the bad, messy, and hard parts of your life, they make you into the beautiful and amazing person that you are. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories of people from all walks of life, faiths, cultures, and backgrounds, and my hope is that you resonate with some and embrace your own story. What's up? Thanks for coming back again and listening. Today's conversation is with Kaylee Law. We talk about introvertedness versus extrovertedness. We talk about marriage, culture, and then we talk about food and who does not love food. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, everyone. I am here and I'm so glad y'all are here listening again, once again. And today my guest is Kaylee Law. Um, also now I used to call her Kay Bakes in college because her last name was Baker, but she is now Kaylee Law because she is now married to an awesome, awesome guy, which I know she'll talk about. Um, so Kaylee, say hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey girl. Um, okay. So Kaylee, introduce yourself and tell, tell the people a few fun things about you. Hi people. I'm super excited to be here with my main girl, Margaret. She's amazing. And... Just to introduce myself a little bit, my name is Kay Bakes, a.k.a. Kaylee, and I really love all things related to food. Uh, there's really no food that I would say that I wouldn't eat. Um, there's choose out foods I would choose over others, but if you put something in front of me, I'll probably eat it. No Amen joke. Amen um, to that. Yes. Always wanted to be on Fear Factor to do, like, the food eating competition Me part. too! Yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if your factor is still a thing. It could be showing her age, Margaret. I don't know either. <laughs> Let's see. Another fun fact is I used to own a giant bird-eating spider. Explain. Um, okay, so my dad loved snakes. Okay. Um, for his whole life. Well, he still does. But in I grew up in a home where my dad was always bringing in some kind of really just new, fun animal, whether it was a bearded dragon or leopard gecko or guinea pigs or hamsters or birds or whatever. And I used to go and help him sell snakes at the, I think it was called the Exotic Reptile and Amphibian Show in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> and I was hanging out in this, I looked in this box where we had paperwork and this giant bird-eating spider had crawled into there, so I took it, and it became my pet. And I never named him, because we got rid of him pretty fast, because it was really hard to keep up with. Wow. Because <laughs> he actually ate mice and not birds, but... Yeah. That is very interesting. You were the first guest on the show to ever have that as a pet. Yes. Or talk uh, about uh, a pet, I think. <laughs> oh. And let's see, one other thing is... I guess in terms of personality, I have never scored less than 97% on any type of personality test for extroversion. So I really love people a lot and I love 
being around people and I get my energy from being with people and I get really sad when I'm by myself, but I'm working on that. Okay, so do extroverted people also love, like, outside of just being around people, love, like, doing a lot of things? Does that make sense? What do you mean, doing what? Anything? So, like, being involved in a lot of things, even if there's not people, like, don't don't they also have the mindset of, I also just want to be busy? In general, I think, yes, because extroverts live in the external world, so we process everything externally, and so I think that oftentimes results in busyness, because we're just tackling everything we see in the outside world. Because I do know that when when we were, we were in college, you were like a busy bee. Like I mean, but I I think too, everything that you did involved people. So I guess that makes sense. It wasn't just like you were doing a bunch of random things, but it was always stuff with a bunch of different groups of people. Yes, yes, which I think is good and bad, right? I yeah, maybe. <laughs> Why is it good and bad? Yeah, man. So. I think as we get older, we start to really become so much more self-aware, and there was so many aspects of my extroversion just growing up that I'm now realizing were just had negative impacts on things, Yeah. whether that's talking over people or interrupting people or not ever taking time to take care of myself and uh, really sit down and process what's going on in life because I don't like sitting I don't like being still and I don't like sitting by myself and thinking but as I've gotten older I've realized how important that is so whether that's negative consequences on my own self or negative consequences in relationships that I've had with other people Mm. I mean a really good example would be my relationship with my sister because my sister is very introverted loves loves being social but is definitely gets her energy from being by herself and growing up I would like straight up talk over her so there's home videos of of, of her birthday and my yeah. mom's like whose birthday is it Christy my sister's name is Christy and I would jump in front of her in front of the camera and be like it's Christy's birthday yeah and, like start jumping up and down and dancing and you watch her like go and sit in the corner by herself oh, and like so, uh, She's like, there she goes again, talking over me. So. Oh my gosh, that's actually kind of funny, but that is a little sad for your sister. <laughs> Luckily, I moved out of her way, and she was able to thrive into her own self. Um, so Yeah, okay, so also how that... Oh, and by the way, people, so Kaylee's married to a guy named Armand, and... I but baking soda without the hammer or the baking soda. <laughs> Wait, What? That's how he always introduces himself. He says, hi, my name's Armin. And the person's like, I'm sorry. And they're like, Armin. And it's usually they're holding his hand because they're shaking it. And they end up holding his hand for a long time. And it gets kind of awkward because they're, like, waiting for him to say his name. He's like, Armin. My name is Armin. Like, Armin Hammer Baking Soda without the hammer or the baking soda. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He's so crazy. Okay. But I do know that he is an introvert. And so you have married an introvert. Which is pretty crazy because, <laughs> like, Kaylee, like she said, she's, like, extreme extrovert. And I don't know if he's extreme introvert, but she's on the other spectrum. So how has that been in marriage and even in dating life? Oh, man. Like, so okay. what did it look like at the beginning and how is that, how have you tried to 
figure that out now? Yeah, okay, so let's get real, people. It took me, no joke, 10 months to not think that Armin needing to be alone was something against me. So one, pretty prideful and into myself, right? Like, oh, anytime you want to be alone, it's because you don't want to be around me. Not true. He just literally needs to be alone. No exceptions. Like, his wife is not an exception to that. It's just, period, needs to be alone. So it took me 10 months, um, but I'm so thankful that I've finally learned how to really love him in that. I don't do it perfectly at all, but um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it was a source of conflict for a while due to straight-up misunderstanding and misinterpretation, and I think just my own pride. And after that 10 months, I realized that Armin needs alone time Mm -hmm. to ride in life, and he also needs time, that time in the morning. So he is one of those psycho morning people. This is not an exaggeration. (laughs) Some days, he literally juts out of bed, and he's like, good morning, it's a new day, what are you going to do? It's a brand new day, what are you going to tackle? And he runs around the house, and he's like dancing and and singing, and he'll like bring me my coffee, and I'm like, oh want to go to bed um he needs that time and he spends that time he has a very strict schedule that he sticks to where he's like reading different leadership books and um reading the word of god and praying and just being and i know that he also watches the news in the morning and he needs all of that time without me yeah (laughs) but he really loves me a lot it has nothing to do with me that's the thing yeah, that's good. And I think you've said once before, it was very wise, that the um, what you learned about how introverts think. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So I went to this conference through Armin's work, and it was amazing. And they we talked about Myers-Briggs and the differences between introverts and extroverts, and that we were challenged as extroverts to really love introverts well and to also just improve ourselves by first not speaking into the silence because if I am to talk to an introvert who is internally processing everything and is generally speaking in final drafts and I say I I go up to them and I'm like well you know what was something that you learned today and this is the answer well, I'm starting to get anxious because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so quiet. Like, we're not connecting. Maybe they don't like me. Like, this conversation isn't, like, we're not jiving. What's going on? And so then I say, well, okay, what's something that you really enjoyed doing today? And now they have to start processing that question, whereas I should just be quiet and then allow them to speak. So not speaking into the silence. Yeah. And then the second one is not stacking your questions, which is my favorite one. Um, so that's something that I was like, Hey Margaret, how's your day? What'd you eat for breakfast? Did you watch a movie? What movie did you watch? Did you like it? And Margaret being extroverted would be like, yes, I loved it. I ate this for breakfast. I had bacon. I love bacon. And I watched this movie. It was so good. Whereas if someone who was yeah. internally processing, they would get stressed out and not know what an- question to answer. So that is good. That's a good word of advice for those out there. Yeah. We, and we really need each other. We really need each other to learn and to grow and to get out of our own selves yeah because not everyone thinks the way that you think (laughs) believe it or not (laughs) shocking (laughs) shocking um another thing so I wanted to ask you um you are in and this is kind of like 
I would say like a little deeper question, but you are in an interracial marriage. Yes. And um, so I just want you to talk about that a little bit, just even with like our climate today and the world. How has that been for you? And can you even talk about the beginning? Was there any sort of like pushback towards that and from anyone? Um, and then like what you're learning, like what difficulties maybe that y'all face that maybe people that aren't interracial, interracial marriages don't necessarily walk through. Yeah. Well, man, I think the first thing I would say is being in an interracial marriage is a huge blessing. Um, gosh, it's just so beautiful because you're entering into the culture and the life of someone who has grown up with a completely different perspective than you, especially me being white, getting to have this really, really authentic, real relationship with someone who is from the minority culture. And I think this is so important because the number one thing that is going to allow us to completely bridge the gap of uh, just all the hard race relations that are going on today that are a direct result of, I mean, slavery, basically, is real authentic relationships with people. And so I just feel so privileged to get to have yeah. the relationship in my life be with someone who is of color and not someone who is white. Not at all to say that it's not, but it's bad to be in a relationship with someone who's white. That's not at all what I'm saying, but it just, I just count it a huge blessing to get to experience yeah. um, Armin's perspective in life. And something that's interesting about Armin is that his dad is white and his mom is black. So he lives in this gray world where he is able to see different perspectives on things, whether he agrees with a perspective or not, he has been in both of those cultures um, growing up. So yeah, it's just the first thing that I would want to say. And then in terms of what it's been like in our marriage, I think, gosh, I don't even know where to start with that. So I would say we did not get much pushback to our face, um, mm. which makes sense because um, in, in general, I would say white culture, especially this generation, was raised to be taught that being colorblind is good and maybe that's not the same for everyone but that was my experience growing up in majority culture and being from majority culture is that we are it is racist to identify someone by their race or it is it is racist to talk about race and we're just supposed to be colorblind and pretend like everyone's the same which is actually super ironic because that's even more racist because we're not celebrating each other's races and cultures and getting learn from each other um so but i do know that we received pushback from behind our backs but it wasn't anything that was super dramatic i think just maybe because we live in the south and confrontation is hard i think in our culture sometimes i don't know yeah yeah yeah, I was just I was just definitely curious about that just or just wanted you to talk about that a little bit um just because i know in certain certain people's relationships that it has been hard which is crazy because we're in 2017 but clearly like so many things are happening that are also 2017 is so so recent or 
so close to the 1800s and before it's only like a couple hundred years from that. Right. So we're experiencing a world that is a, that is subject to what has happened in our past. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I was just really curious about how, if that has affected you or if it, um, if it oh, has. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a part of our daily lives, conversations about things. I mean, whether it's talking about, like, what the relationship is like with the police or what to do if you get stopped by the cops. Um, one of my, gosh, one of my favorite stories is there's a family at my church, um, and they there's another family in my church. So one of them, the families is white. One of the families is black and the black family has to talk to their black sons about just hard stuff at ages eight and nine. Like you probably don't want to go running around in the streets with this water gun by yourself at night because it might look interesting. Whereas the white family isn't talking to their yeah. eight, nine year old boys about that. And, um, I love this story because the white family made this commitment to the black family that they were going to have those same conversations with their boys and open their boys world up to that earlier than they would have wanted to, because no one wants to talk to their like seven or eight year old kid about gun violence and, um, you know, and I guess perception of what someone like what someone might think about someone holding a gun, right? That's yeah. just a really young age to talk about that stuff. But a lot of times, like, a lot of like the black community has to talk about that. And yeah. so the white family made a commitment to talk to their kids about that at the same time as the black family was. Um, and I just really love that because it's like entering into something that, that as white people you don't have to enter into, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so I feel like being in an interracial relationship is, I mean, well, right. That's just a huge part of our identity. And also about it, it's a huge subject that we talk about all the time because you have to, I mean, with Armin being, even though Armin's mixed, he looks completely black. And of course he identifies as black um, and as white, but the black culture is so important to him. And so we'll talk about it yeah. a lot just because you do because it's who you are <laughs> yeah no that's true and do you think it's just really um and like outside of the outside of y'all's marriage are those like conversations like you like feel that you like you needed to have with other people of majority culture that are white or like is that something that um oh man yeah does that make sense yeah it does so i would say honestly I have to use discernment a lot because so someone might say something. I'm trying to think of an example like, oh, yeah, don't go on that side of the neighborhood. You never know what's going to happen over there. Just offhandedly in a conversation. Yeah. And I have to, and the subject might change really fast. And so it's almost figuring out is that time the most appropriate time to talk about that or should I address this issue with someone later on yeah especially if we're it just trying to figure out how to explain it so sometimes if I'm at like a dinner table and someone says some kind of offhanded comment that actually could be really hurtful to someone and they and it's it's honestly the type of naive ignorance versus the knowing ignorance because you know there's two types of ignorance like where you know you're 
being you actually know you're being racist and you pursue that versus like you are white and you actually have never even thought about these things because unfortunately that's how the world is has that's how our nation has been yeah like as white people you literally don't have to think about race if you don't make yourself sometimes right unfortunately if that makes sense so i have to figure out like if i'm sitting at a dinner table with 20 people and someone says some offhanded comment and then i try to bring up the issue of like race relations and systematic racism or things like that, is that really going to be effective in that moment? Or should I go and talk to that person later on and have a conversation with them? And not at all. Like I even know everything. I don't know. I mean, there's, I am only going to ever know what I know because I'm a part of the majority culture. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. Well, and but I think one thing about you, Kaylee, which I'll let people know too is, I, as I've seen you in college and just in life, you have been someone that just, whether it be African-American culture or just anything, has embraced culture, you know? You, um, were you a Spanish minor, major, somewhat? Minor, yeah. Minor. And you studied abroad in college, which was really cool. So you went and lived in Ecuador, right? No, in Montevideo, Uruguay. Uruguay. Okay, someone else lived in Ecuador, but Uruguay for like, pretty much half a year so you I mean you've done so many things to embrace different cultures can you talk about a little bit just like the importance of like and you did hit on this a bit but just like why is it so important just to like step step into cultures like any culture embrace culture you also worked for world relief so you worked directly with immigrants for a long time so like in all those retrospects why has that been so important Oh man. Um, so I would say my faith has a big part of this. Yeah. Um, so I really love Jesus and Jesus talks a lot about this and challenges people a lot about loving the widow, the orphan, the, uh, sojourner, which basically means immigrant or, on someone who's seeking refuge, um, the fatherless, and really the oppressed and those who don't have a voice. And speaking, again, from just like American society, American society caters a lot to white culture, but all cultures are important and all people are important. And I think that it's important to celebrate other people's cultures in order to be humbled and in order to um, really experience what it truly means to love. Because if we aren't careful, we'll gravitate towards only those who look like us because it's easy and it's natural. But it's not always easy and natural to gravitate towards someone who has a different lifestyle than you, a different background than you, and looks different than you. But that's where you're truly going to bridge gaps and get to have those real relationships that break down barriers. Because generalizations and stereotypes and, I don't know, just ideas that are false come from not being in real friendship with people who don't look like you. And that's then when horrible things like violence are going to erupt it's usually based off of straight up just unknown because 
what always happens is when a face is put to a statistic or an idea, it just completely obliterates anything that you've ever thought about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So for example, like working with refugees, I love refugees so much and it's because when you actually know a refugee by name and you spend time with them and hear their story, anything that you've ever heard about refugees, which a lot of the media is incorrect about refugees anyways. But, um, again, it's just because of lack of relationship. Yeah. Um, so it's truly all about relationship at the end of the day. And it's just a lot of fun to be in a relationship with someone who challenges who you are or your viewpoints or your own experiences. Yeah. Man, girl, you preach to that. You're just that. I mean, that's so true. I just think I'm the same with you. Like you, you need to, we as a people need to know people that don't look like us and don't think like us and have different backgrounds and different faiths than us. Faiths than us. Yeah. And being open to listening to a viewpoint that is a hundred percent opposite of what you think. Even if you feel like you're never going to budge on what you think, even having the opportunity to listen to a viewpoint that's different than yours is so important. Even if that viewpoint is a violent viewpoint. Yeah. That sounds, I don't know. I just think it's important to listen to someone, even if you feel like they are straight up off their rocker and you have no idea how they found that perspective. Yeah. That's true, girl. True. Um, okay. So I'm going to kind of switch topics a little bit. Um, but I just want you, and this is just so fun, but what are just like some things that you, you can do you as a couple, you and Armin, or just you are just personally like passionate about things that have nothing to do with your job things. If you could just do it right now and drop everything at life and do. Oh my gosh. This is so great. Okay. So I actually have been instructed to make a list of a hundred things that I love. Um, my counselor has actually got me to do this and, Girl, it's really hard. I feel like I love everything and I hate everything. <laughs> and it's really it's really hard because, um, so being extroverted, the first thing that I love is people. But practically, when you break that down, when you're with someone, when you're spending time with a person, you're doing something to fill that time, right? Right. Whether that's just like sitting down and talking or if it's driving in a car. Like, I have to think, do I like sitting down and talking? Do I like driving in a car? It's just really hard. Um, I feel like I'm learning about what brings me joy and what brings me passion. But What are just a um, few? Give me, like, just a, not all 100, but, like, just a few yeah. ones that you can think of. Okay. So, more serious stuff. I'm really passionate about organizational health, which is just the idea of organizations not reaching their mission or their goals simply because internally they're not healthy. Okay. Whether that's loving employees well, celebrating them, or um, systems, all that. And I'm also really passionate about um, race relations, which we talked about. And I'm on lighter notes. I really, really, Armin and I love eating. So when we went to, I already talked about food, but sorry, it's my favorite. Hey, so, food is awesome. You can talk about food all day. <laughs> Tell, okay. So with, Tell me some of your favorite spots. Okay, so Durham has been named some of, like, the tastiest food and the 
places to eat in the South. And there's our, I can just run through the different ones. So favorite Mexican food, there's a restaurant called Restaurante Guanajuato that's um, on Roxborough Street in Durham. And it's just the most amazing Mexican food you'll ever eat. Okay, for you North Carolina people listening. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Armin, my favorite activity is eating and cuddling. That's like the most of our relationship. And people are always like, pursue a hobby. I'm like, our hobby is eating and cuddling. (laughs) Eating and cuddling. (laughs) Cuddling. I would say um, we also really love pizza that's, it's, I feel like I feel always feel so bad saying pizza is our favorite food, especially because we just had this whole conversation about culture. But oh my gosh, pizza! Like girl, pizza. I'm girl. down with you. I love pizza, so definitely passionate about that. And I'm super passionate about spontaneity and having fun because I feel like as adults, we're always like we have to be responsible and we have to go to work. And yeah, we do have to go to work and we have to be responsible. But there is time for planned unplanned like plan a thursday night where you don't have any plans okay so you guys are you guys actually are a couple of spontaneity y'all have done some like fun like random trips Mm -hmm. in y'all's relationship so tell us some of them give the people some ideas okay so armin is the master of the experiential date and just surprising people and so i try to mimic that back to him we did some like I did a surprise trip to Carowinds. We have been apple picking in the mountains. We have, um, we've always wanted to go to Ireland. So we just did it, even though we were like, I don't know if this is a financially good decision. (laughs) And it was the best decision like we've ever made. And then we ended up like traveling, um, around Europe and it was just it was seriously the best thing ever for our marriage and I went into it freaking out about the finances and if that this was like a responsible life decision and I was like man our marriage never would have been um, strengthened in that way if we would have stayed here and it was so worth all the financial investment yeah and you, something you always talk about um, something that I know you've always talked about is that before marriage, like, people always made it seem like it was this boring sit around and then eventually you have kids and then eventually you do this. And so you're all about, we're about to do fun stuff. You know, I don't care how old we are. I mean, you're, you're, you're 27, 28. Uh-huh. No, 27, you're right. 27. And Armand is... Yeah. So- He's 30, y'all. He's 30. Why Why uh, is just doing fun things important? Just live in life. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, you're right. This is just my personal experience, but before I married Armin, I didn't want to be married, but I wanted to be married to Armin, which sounds really strange, but the idea of marriage, it just terrified me because I had all these false perceptions honestly I think from social media that marriage is boring and it strips you of your independence and you sleep a lot and you cook a lot and you like leave parties early and I don't know I just have this like idea that it's just like the boring thing that you do and man is that wrong marriage is such an adventure and I would love to talk a little bit about marriage as freedom instead of um 
as being what's the opposite like bond um, bound bound yeah, to boring yeah like i hear so many people especially um like as women talking about marriage taking away your independence and i think it's this idea that like oh you're just stuck doing whatever your husband wants to do or something um and there is a lot of sacrifice in marriage of course but marriage is super freeing because you are living in this state of permanence where you know that like I know that no matter what, Armin is going to love me and he's going to love me really hard. And we might have conflict, but he's going to be there to like push me to pursue my dreams and push me to be better and push me in my growth of being independent and being able to be like a hard worker and learn and explore and um, like make dreams. He's always like, he, he helps me make this thing called an impossible prayer list, which is the, the idea it's kind of ironic because like no prayer is impossible for God. Like nothing's impossible for God, but it's the idea like what, what do you think is impossible? Like write it down and let's make it happen. And he encourages us to have these like financial dreaming meetings where we're like, okay, if there's like, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? And I like would never think like that before. And it just, it is so freeing knowing that there is, permanence like this person is always going to love you so then you're free to completely be yourself um and to mess up and to fall on your face and to screw up because there's someone who's going to love you um through it and call you out when you really suck and need to be called out and then encourage you when you're like doing pretty awesome so yeah that's awesome and I think a lot of that I know for y'all's relationship too is like because you know because y'all believe in the grace and freedom and forgiveness that was given to y'all like you willingly can give that to each other you know I think certain marriages or certain people might say that's awesome for you Kaylee but like you know that's I don't know that's gonna yeah. be for me or that doesn't really happen in my life or um right or we're not financially able to, you know, do that kind of fun stuff. Um, and I don't know, would you say like, that's something you just got to make happen? No, <laughs> I don't think that you could just make something like that happen. I think it's totally just like, I know for us, it has a lot to do with like what we think about God and our relationship with Jesus. Cause at the end of the day, our marriage is based off of Jesus, whether or not like, we are doing good in life or not. Um, so we know at the end of the day, like what we are holding each other to. And so if we're holding each other to the idea that I am in what would be called a covenant with you, which is I love you no matter what. And I'm going to be faithful to you no matter what. And we fully trust each other in that. And we're supposed to be, so it's the idea that like, Armin is to love me as Jesus loves the church, which basically means that, so the church is people who love Jesus, and Jesus literally died, like, straight up died for the church, and was raised from the, and was raised from the dead so that we can live life to the full, and what's crazy is that scripture calls Armin to love me like Jesus loves the church, which is a crazy high, like, calling that's really it's really hard um but what's cool about that is that jesus is also giving us grace so and i'm called to love armin um as the church loves jesus yeah and um 
just like pursue Armin no matter what. I mean, trust him and trust that he is going to love me well, um, just as the church trusts Jesus. And that's also really hard. Like some days I'm like, uh, it's really hard to, it's harder today to trust you than it was yesterday. Um, But at the end of the day, we're able to come back to that idea together. And we know that that's what we're holding each other to. So that's why we're, I don't know. It's just like we're on the same page about that in our marriage. Yeah. If we were on the same page about that, I don't, that's really, really tough. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's important being on the same page about those things. Um, if that's the foundation of who you are and who your marriage is, if you, if you don't have that same foundation, no matter what kind of yeah. marriage is, what kind of, what marriage looks like, then um, it's going to be yeah, hard. If you, if, a husband and wife don't have the same foundation in their marriage and the same belief about what marriage is about. It's I know that that's really hard because you aren't holding each other to the same standards, I guess. Yeah, that's super true. I mean, I'm not married, but I'm sure that's super true. (laughs) Um, But Kaylee, you've been so awesome. And I love talking to you because you are just, truly wise even if you don't think you are but you are very wise um but i have two questions for you now yeah okay so your first one is if you could go to lunch with anybody dead or alive in this life who would it be and why all right so another podcast shout out i'm sure many of you guys listen to malcolm gladwell revisionist history um he basically goes through really well-known historical events and unpacks them and he recently did one on brown v board of education and it it talked about how we all celebrate that because it's the integration of schools so it's you know the idea of um blacks gaining their rights that they should have um but what what he what he does is he unpacks it and talks about how yeah, the students were integrated, but in Kansas where this happened, the teachers weren't. So we had all of these black kids going to school with white kids, but only with white teachers. So there weren't black teachers there. So imagine this, like if you're living in a society where you've always gone to school with just people who look like you, and now there's people who don't look like you coming into your school, and you're having to teach them, even if you love those kids, there's going to be some type of gap, right? Yeah. Because you're there's just gonna you're gonna be disciplining them according to a culture that might not resonate with um, them. Some of the kids, right? So uh, it it just talks about how that was extremely hard, and so all that to say, I would love to go to school with the brown, not school. I would love to go to school, but I would love to go to lunch with the Brown family and to really hear what their perspective was on everything. Ooh, that's good. I'm going to yeah. go to that lunch with you. <laughs> I mean, if the Brown family isn't free, I'll go to lunch with Margaret. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, Houston. Um, and, okay, that was good. And the second one um, is if you can encourage anyone and a specific person, so you're going to pick a person and encourage them, who would that person be and what would you say to them? So pretend they're like sitting in front of you. What would you tell them? Okay, so I would encourage my sister. What's her my name? Sister is, her name is Christy. 
and I call her Bakes, and she calls me Bakes because, like, Margaret said, her last name used to be Baker. And so, just to give you some backstory, she's getting married on Labor Day weekend, and right now that's in about two weeks or three weeks. So, I want to encourage her. So, Bakes, I just want to tell you to hold on tight because you're almost there. You're almost going to be married to John, and I want you to remember that marriage is on the other side of the wedding so after september 2nd you will have your entire life to be married to john and i know that these next couple weeks are going to be probably more stressful than this time last year just because there's so much going on with prepping for such a big event but i want you to remember that at the end of this you get john and you get him forever and you're going to have that permanence that I was talking about where you're free to be yourself and you're going to grow so much and he's going to grow so much and you guys are going to learn so much from each other and it's going to be really hard but it's going to be amazing and don't forget that marriage is fun and don't forget to spice it up and always do crazy fun spontaneous things even when both of you guys are so tired from whether that's coaching or um, teaching workout class or going to work or taking care of Anna Kate so I just want to say I love you, and you're almost there. Yay! I hope you hear this, Christy. I'll tag you in this episode. Actually, that's the goal of it. Um, But thank you so much, Kaylee. It has been a pleasure and honor for you to be on this episode. And I love you. I love you, Margaret. I wish that you weren't on a video and that you were in real life. (laughs) I know. I wish so, too. (laughs) But you are so great. Thanks. Bye, everyone. I hope you all loved Kaylee. Okay, so quick update. We are halfway through season one. This is episode six. We have about six more episodes of season one. And then we are taking a Christmas break. And then coming back beginning of 2018 with season two. So seriously, thank you guys so much for listening and listening every week. Please do not forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, as well as tell your friends to subscribe and also give us a review. We would love that. And then tune in next week because our co-host is back and we have a really awesome guest. Have a great day.